Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams, and joining me today are my two usual co-hosts. First, we got Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Uh, Victory Monday. Another good day in the kingdom. So, ready to talk about what we saw on Sunday. Yep, and also joining us, of course, Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Absolutely distraught. I can't believe the Chiefs are doing this to us. They're ruining their draft position. I this point they're going to be picking in the back half of the draft and all of my hopes and dreams for really good players are going to be dashed yep that is the uh the give and take of being a successful football team uh which the chiefs finally are once again i think i think it's very fair to say that we are back fully back uh after that win over a very good cowboys team let's not get that confused the cowboys were a very good team going into that game now they had some injuries but every team has injuries and uh you know, pulling out a 19-9 to win. It wasn't as, you know, as pretty as we might have wanted it to be. But overall, guys, I think it was a pretty convincing win for the Chiefs that, at least the defense-wise, they're pretty legit. And the offense, you know, I think it still shows a lot of deadly signs. It's just uh, some a couple things weren't clicking, you know. I mean, the defense dominated that whole game front to back now. I know they were missing Amari in the first half and then missing both Amari and CD in the second half, but we had plenty of Cowboys fans tell us that Amari being out was going to be no issue. Well, that turned out to be not the case. Um, this defense, we talked about it for weeks now. They're getting pressure with four, and they're doing it consistently. And Chris Jones and Frank Clark are healthy, and boy, oh boy, is it fun to watch when those two are healthy. I will, uh, I'll own up to, I mean, I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. Frank Clark looks like the player he's supposed to be, and he looks good. So as much as I have been uh, harsh on on Mr. Clark and frustrated with him and, and as open as openly um, maybe one of his biggest critics in terms of his production. Uh, Kyle's point stands true. Like the, the combination of Chris Jones and Frank Clark when it's on and they're healthy and they're like that it's a good combination. And Chris Jones had the stat lines and he had a lot of the big plays and that kind of thing, but make no mistake that that doesn't happen without Frank Clark. And there were several plays where they lined up on the same side of the, the, the line next to each other. And that was an absolute nightmare for that Dallas line. Yeah, that's no fun. Um, when those two dudes are healthy and they're on the same side of the line, you can't double team them both unless you're willing to slide the protection and leave a tight end or a running back in, in 
And there's just nothing you can really do. Apparently, Tank agrees that Frank and Chris are very hard to block at this point. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones just had an absolutely monster of a game, though. I mean, the the whole D line did really. I mean, generating pressure with four pretty pretty consistently throughout the game, and then really, like you said, having you know Frank healthy and a threat again, and then having Melvin Ingram on the other side, and having even Jaron Reed was you know getting his good looks, like having those guys all being you know healthy and just like really good right now it just opened the window up for chris jones to absolutely destroy guys on one-on-one blocks like mm-hmm. those two guards got worked over um zach martin one of the better guards in the league got beat pretty hard on the sack uh the, the tackle one time when chris was lined up at five tech he got beat hard like yeah chris was just going all over the line as was everyone like they were just all moving all over the line and just wreaking havoc it was pretty crazy to see and we saw frank clark like uh, in the post-game interview afterwards he was like yeah it was all just you know playing for each other having fun out there but also having that anger that you know we really haven't seen words from the uh from the mm-hmm. defense at least in the first half of the season well not just the anger but just being relaxed and having fun and that like i talked about that before and it seemed like the team finally got out of their own head a little bit and got out of their own way and, and they could relax. And, and yeah, they played with some aggression. They played with, um, I think Rashad Fenton had a pretty, um, had a couple, yeah, had, had a one moment in particular, although that was on special teams. Um, but Fenton he almost got his had, head ripped off, let's be clear. Yeah, 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 no, no, fully justified. Um, but I think, you know, and there's clips, of, you know, just watching them on Twitter and stuff of the guys dancing between plays. And I, I mean, just like, it looks like the Chiefs defense that, that you know, in 2019, had the championship swagger, and I know that's a term we haven't we haven't used a lot, and it's kind of you know kind of went away and and all that, and I don't want to you know recycle that and, and try to force that, but like that's what it made me think of of a, as a, of a team that's a, a unit that's playing as a unit, right? You're not you don't have Tyron Matthew throwing his hands up in the air, you know, going oh what the hell's going on over here, right? You have guys who are picking each other up, celebrating, like making big plays together. Um, you talk about the way people played, like. Hats off to Legarius Sneed, who was just like out there nuking dudes. Yeah, I mean, Legarius had that, Sneed had that one play on that screen um, early on, that, that tackle on that screenplay where he just like lifted the dude. I mean, just blew the play up by himself. I yeah, mean, like, that was the was one play impressive. I was like, he he read that play and that screen so well to Michael Gallup. He almost could have just went for the interception if he if he would have just looked for the ball, but it was kind of a high ball by Dak. But yeah, he just absolutely drove him to the ground. And I mean, Legereus Sneed was all over the place on Sunday, just tackling dude. Like he's the best tackler, the best corner who can tackle in the league for sure. But maybe even just the best tackler in the NFL. Like this dude, he literally, I, I tweeted out a clip um, on another screen pass that he just read completely and, and blew up right from the start. But not only does he like tackle guys consistently, but he stops them from gaining any more yards. Like whenever Latarius hits them or like gets his hands on, that's just instantly stopped for no more yards. It's actually kind of crazy to see. Like mm-hmm. he just comes flying in and just the power and the strength from him. Plus, I don't know all the athleticism. It's I love him. I love him as a player so much. Yeah, you're seeing him diagnose him. plays at a rate that you don't usually see guys do until they're much later in their careers. He beat Dalton Schultz so clean off the block on that screen that Michael Gallup mm-hmm. paid for it with his skull, back, hips, and rest of his body. Like that, that hurts getting hit like that. And if you're Michael Gallup, I'm turning around looking at Dalton Schultz, going, "Hey, bro, um, 
little help here? Yeah. Do you see that guy that was right mm-hmm. in front of you? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Not for long. He whizzed by him, man. Yeah, but I mean, the entire defense just played with so much swagger. And, you know, the cornerback room specifically, I think, had a great game. Obviously, Fenton and Sneed. Sneed had the game ceiling interception at the end with the uh, the assist of Chris Jones there. Um, and mm-hmm. then Ward had himself a fucking really good game versus uh, C.D. Lamb on the outside. He got a pick in yeah. the end zone. Like, he was... Yeah, which, unfortunately for CD, led to him being concussed, but... Yeah, that was... Great that was play a great play by Ward. That exactly. was just unlucky for CD. His head bounced off the turf and didn't look good, so... Yeah, so it's a good contested ball situation, and, and yeah, hopefully CD is, is okay, but, um, yeah, Ward played that, made that play against a team that gave up on him, traded him away a couple years ago when he was just uh, getting into the league. And, ah, good old Parker Inger. Yeah, again, one of one of the moments where you got to give Brett Veach some credit. Yeah, so. Brett Veach is getting a lot of credit on on Twitter now that uh, some of these kind of controversial moves are really starting to work out. You know, Melvin Ingram, you trade you know trade for him, and he's instantly making an impact. Some of these uh, these draft picks are instantly making an impact. I mean, Jarius Sneed in himself is that should be worth his weight in gold. Like that should carry Brett Veach to a, a higher status by itself, but. Yeah. Um, I do want to say it was a good to see Matt Verderam say that it looks like Richard Fenton yeah. is going to be okay. That there wasn't as ugly and bad as that looked. Yeah, he did go down with a, a knee injury on that play, which mm-hmm. that was a that was a, yeah. Well, it was an ugly looking play because he instantly he went down and he just like kind of crawled off the field instantly. Which I mean, I guess mm-hmm. credit to him for having the awareness to do that in that moment, but. Um, yeah, the report from Matt Verderam said that the MRI said that he should be fine, and we have a bye week coming up, so uh, that's really yeah. good news to hear from him because he is dominant out there. Yeah, so no, you were talking been... about tackling corners earlier, and Sneed Fenton has been probably the most untalked about player I think in the NFL right now as far as what he's been doing. The only reason he's even becoming been coming up and mention is because PFF has him graded so high. Yeah, exactly. I still I still um, think he's number 1 in PFF. So the that kind of play from a secondary that <clears throat> for the last mm-hmm. several years everybody has been screaming and clamoring for Brett Beach to spend number 1 picks on corners. Can you name me the number 1 pick that we spent a number 1 pick on in this secondary? Uh, no, you can't. There isn't one. That, that's why. Um, yeah, I think the, really highest, the highest pick we scrappy. have in the secondary is like, what, Jerry Sneed in the fourth round? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Sneed, fourth. Charvarius Ward, traded for. Undrafted. And undrafted or seventh, yeah. I think, or whatever. He was an undrafted. And Fenton was yeah. a sixth. Yeah. Uh, Juan is the highest pick in the secondary. Right. Yeah, he's, he's a, a second round pick. Yeah. yeah. And then Tyre Matthews, the big bucks. But yeah, I mean, that whole unit is. Is definitely showing their underdog mentality out there. Just very physical, very tough. Like they, mm-hmm. like Tom said, there's that championship swagger. It's back. You know, it's kind of almost cheesy to kind of bring that up, but you know, it's real. It's not cheesy because they're using it. Yeah, exactly. If it works, it works. That's kind of what uh, the defense is going on. So yeah, everyone had a really mm-hmm. good game in my opinion. Willie Gay was another guy out there who was flying all around the field and he just he couldn't quite connect on some plays he missed out on one very close interception and then uh, i think there was another one he might have missed out on but i love to see that he was out there more although he wasn't out i mean he wasn't out there enough but he just every time he's on the field he's making uh making some moves so that's always good to see i'm i've been very impressed with 
the entirety of the secondary. Um, even 49 made some plays in yeah. this game. Um, yeah. Almost. <laughs> eight, you go back, he made a couple of really nice plays, including one in the flat to, to help shut down a first down play. That's this right. defense, man, for as maligned as they've been and as much crap as they've taken, they're the best unit right now. Oh, and it has been that way for what five six weeks now a little bit yeah Four weeks, really, I think. yeah at least the past month i'd say but they I mean they're just it really has like a night and day difference it's kind of wild but also you know frank clark actually mentioned it in that post-game interview it's kind of been the the theme of the defenses the past three years like they kind of start out slower and once they find their groove it's uh it's lights out from there on out so i think the last time there's a bunch of comparisons to uh, 2019, but last time Chiefs were, uh, you know, had this kind of record or something like that. We went to the Super Bowl. Uh, so here's here's my plea to the fan base, guys. When people are telling you to relax and and take a breath and let this defense kind of grow throughout a season, we're not saying it just for fun. Like this, as Frank said, and as Garrett just mentioned, this has been a theme, and it continues to be a theme. I, I was listening to Seren and Seabolt and whatnot on, on the program today on 810. And Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Uh, Curtis said, you know, you, we were talking about at the after the Titans game that if uh, if you just said that this defense could get in the top 20 by the end of the season, that would be ideal. They're like 16th in points mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, that's just like total season average. I bet if you were to look at like the past two or three weeks, they'd be they'd be up. There. I mean, they haven't last month. I think they're like top five. Well, in the last month, I don't think they've they haven't allowed a, more than what 17 points in a game, which is insane. Like that's how you win football games, right there with Patrick. It's also Mahomes. extremely hard to do in the NFL. Yeah, extremely hard. I think they're the only team in the NFL who to uh, to do so. So, um. and again, you can only play who's in front of you, and every team has injuries. You, guess what? The Seahawks just lost to Colt McCoy and the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Bears blew a game to. Tyler Huntley, I think that was his name. Yeah, like it's, what? it's very fortunate for the Chiefs that we're not in this uh, in this weird little rhythm that all the other teams are kind of. We already had that, you know, we got that out of the way earlier in the season, and now all the other teams are kind of catching up. So uh, lots, and when when we were talking about for the last month how the AFC is wide open, it has never been as wide <laughs> open as it is now. Thank you, Tennessee. Much yeah, appreciated. Tennessee falls to Texans. The <laughs> Patriots are are looking for a one seed here very soon. One year of one year of sucking, and then the Patriots are right back. They're in, huh? six point five and a half point favorite against Tennessee this week. Yeah, I mean the Patriots actually look legit compared to the uh, the Titans, who had a had a very hard hard game. Well, and the other part of this is like this this weekend where we're all going to be sitting around watching. Mm-hmm. There's some teams going to beat each other up. Because there's a lot of these teams that are contenders that play one another. Yeah, no doubt. 
and uh, we play the uh, the Broncos after the bye, so I'll, we'll obviously have a lot more to talk about then. But uh, the Broncos are another team looking to uh, looking to prove themselves, especially in the AFC West, which the Chiefs are are further and further uh, taking that lead. And the Raiders fell again, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's looking good for the Chiefs. But I want to hop over to the offensive side of the ball now. Um, overall, like like I kind of talked about in the beginning. Uh, the the offense it looked okay, it just I don't know we we started out drives really well and then you know we'd get to like a, about midfield halfway through the drive and then kind of we would just stall out for some reason it was kind of weird like it the, every every drive had that one little thing you know there was the one mm-hmm. uh, freak interception from Travis Kelsey. <laughs> As uh, is tradition now. Yeah, of course. We're just, we just need to accept that we're going to get one every game. Like yeah, just, I'm not even phased by it anymore. But hit him square. Well, and on that play, and shout out to Orlowski for pointing it out, but I saw it when it was live. He did a little diagram on Twitter. Byron Pringle ran that man down, probably saved a touchdown, and they only got three out of it. That's big. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Byron Pringle had himself a monster game. Not only, I mean, his kick, his, he had three kick returns at least that. Uh, were like at least 30 yards, I think, brought it mm-hmm. out. So I mean, he was really good in the kick return he, game. He he had some good plays. Uh, he's the third highest offense. snap count out of yeah. targets on the field between Kelsey Hill and him. Exactly, he was on the field 59% of the snaps. So yeah. I mean, that's selling, that's saying a lot about a guy who, you know, you're looking for that wide receiver too to to develop somewhere. And that's been a guy who I've been clamoring for for a long time, saying that he needs to be featured more in the offense he needs to be the kick returner he needs to be returning everything like you just need to get the ball in pringles hands more because he is a really I mean, good player with no disrespect to byron pringle because i do like him um and i think he has a role in this team like you said as a kick returner as a guy who is probably your your fourth receiver um meaning that he would be the guy that you would put in at that x slot if you're if your number one x went down like i don't um, yeah, that's what that's. I, I think at this point we know what he is, and, and as much as everyone kind of wants to, I mean, he's what twenty? Is he twenty eight now? Twenty nine? Um, yeah, he might be younger than that. But I want to say he's um, around that. Yeah, he's been he's been in the league for twenty eight years old, so he's been in the league for a little bit. Uh, he's a solid player. Like, I'm not. That's not a disrespectful thing. But in terms of like, do you want him to be like? Do you want him to really be your number two guy? And I don't know if the answer to that question is yes. I think um, I think you want somebody a little more dynamic. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just I think that he's, like I said, not disrespect to him or anything, but I would like to see somebody a little bit more dynamic in there. Um, and maybe that's too, too, too idealistic, right, just wanting all the weapons at once. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, but I think the Chiefs also year, have a... Josh Gordon just explodes, but yes. Yeah. Well, no, not this year. I'm just saying long term. In the future. Um, yeah. I, yeah. But I think the Chiefs have that same mindset. Otherwise, they wouldn't. And I, I know everyone will, you know, look at the Tyreek Hill thing. But, um, you know, I think that they drafted McCall Hardman pretty high. They must be. And they were looking hard this offseason for a wide receiver. Um, yeah. That'll be one of those things that it doesn't, it won't surprise me if, if we see that this offseason is a, is a, pretty um some type of talented receiver added to be that number two to be another weapon um because Tyreek and Travis aren't getting any younger that's true and you know I when I say Pringle's uh, developing as kind of a wide receiver too I I guess I really do mean as the x receiver 
uh, more so, um, which is kind of just the role that Sammy Watkins, who was the number two, kind of filled. Because, um, you know, we all know that, you know, it's Hill and Kelsey are the one and two options in this in this offense. And so for me personally, Pringle, he might not be as dynamic as, as you know, Tyreek or maybe some other guys that might be considered a wide receiver too. But he's pretty reliable and consistent is what I'd give him. Uh, he's got consistent hands. He doesn't really drop much. Uh, he can get he's he's decent at getting separation um, and he's more of a physical receiver so uh, mm-hmm. as far as at least this year I'm I think the window is still open for him to kind of improve and grow a little bit into that wide receiver two X type role um, I would definitely wouldn't be surprised if they looked at more options uh, this free agency and everything like that but that I don't think Pringle is going to be going anywhere until you know at least for a couple more years. And so I think he's still going to have that opportunity even next year to, to find a bigger role in the offense. But uh, speaking on wide receivers, though, we mentioned Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman got 12 snaps on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the coaching staff has made some drastic changes in their mindset around Miko Hardman. And uh, Kyle, I'll kind of divert to you because you're a Miko guy, definitely. But um, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when he had that, uh, you know, that fumble at the end of the game and he didn't, you know, it just wasn't a good game for the entire offense, but we kind of talked about it and said, you know, maybe the next game where he wasn't used as much, it was kind of like a, not like a discipline thing, but just like a, Hey, you know, take a step back and, and kind of get your head right. But now it's kind of been a, a consistent theme for the past couple weeks. Well, I think you finally get to the point where they're like, all right, we've given you chance and chance and chance, and you continue to make similar mistakes. And I've defended him because he's grown in some areas and done things better, but the drops are bad and they continue to be bad. And until they improve, he's not going to keep getting options. Just you watch them do the same thing with Josh Gordon. They both started to get snaps. They both had a key drop. And then it was like, oop, all gone. Yeah. And Miko did have a drop pretty early on in the game, which was that tough. In but... week three ends up in somebody else's hands and yeah. it's a pick. At least yeah. that at least that didn't happen. But Josh Gordon, like you said, also had a drop. But he did get his first catch in in like four weeks, so that's a plus. Didn't go for very many yards, and that was his only only look really. But it's the little victories, you know. But it that ball and that's on a third down on McColls was on second. Josh's was on third down. It, it's a catch you gotta make, and you have a first down there. These I'm I'm still holding out hope he starts to finally get it and get into football shape, but he's mm-hmm. got to get right and get going because we're getting closer and closer. And this bye week, they may get some work in and you may see a totally different thing come out because Andy goes into a bye week and then we he comes out and everything looks totally different. So I'm curious to see what happens coming out of the bye, especially playing Fangio's defense. Um, this is a Denver team that they just, they beat the Cowboys 30 to 16 like two weeks ago. And yeah. it was mostly done by that defense. And if you listen to James Palmer's report today on NFL Network, Spat he basically said Spags went and took some things from Fangio and applied it to the Cowboys. And it worked. So I'm curious to see this Denver game. Um, I'm not worried. I'm gonna tell you now, I'm probably taking the Chiefs ahead of time here, just so everybody's aware. Like it's I'm not too uncomfortable in making that prediction now, even. <laughs> um the thing that's going to be interesting to see is if they do have some of that confidence back or tr- or they try them again with McColl and with Gordon mm-hmm. in some different in those roles. Um it's it's going to be a conversation point for the rest of the season. I like Byron Pringle. 
I just think there's a dynamic dynamic that he can't give you that maybe one of those two guys can if they can get it right and get it figured out. I think that's what Tom was referring to earlier when he wants you want a little more pizzazz or whatever you want to call it from that position. Now, Byron's not slow. Let's not get that twisted. That that dude can fly also. There's he's not on this team because he's he's not good at what he does. And they showed you, hey, you perform, you get snaps. He had a huge catch where he ran a really good route, created separation, beat the safety to the edge. It it's what you're supposed to do, especially when they got Trayvon Diggs trying to cheat on Tyree Kill to get an interception, which we talked about them using that against him, and they did. Yep. So it it is what it is, but yeah, you're eventually like they can give you chance after chance until they're done giving you all the chances. And if you don't do anything with those opportunities, that's on you, not the coaching staff. So yeah, and- while I've been very defendant of McColl and his development, and like I said, he's still young and he's still, especially at the wide receiver position, he's got us. You can shake your head, but Byron Pringle's 28 and just now got 40, 40 snaps. Like, come on. What are we talking about? Well, there's a lot a lot of different draft status. There. Byron Pringle's Nicole, been playing Nicole wide receiver I mean, in high school. I mean, Nicole started in college. I mean, if we're just yelling about random stuff, you know, Nicole was a second-round pick, so obviously his he's going to be implemented a lot higher into the offense. Every time Byron Pringle's on the field, he's basically made the most of those opportunities. Well, and meanwhile, that's the Nicole difference has, between the two. It is yeah. not anything to do with, like I said, my, my point has been this for the long time with McColl. They start. They took him based on an, a trait set up because of what they feared might happen with Tyreek. That is why they went and took him where they did. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone, at least everyone here knows that, obviously. But for me, I know. As Byron Pringle has, even in even though he's older, I mean, he's developed more, I think, in his time in Kansas City than Miko even has. So. Well, he's exceeded his expectations. And, I mean, I think you can argue about either one. Setting uh, I'll say it this way. I don't think for either second round pick. I mean, come on, you got to do, you got to do more than that as a second round pick. I, I just don't think either of them are the answer for who's going to be that chain mover, that reliable hands guy. And I, I get that we have that in Travis, but like, you know, teams are teams really key on Travis and they hope that, you know, they can contain um, Tyreek. And, and, and it's not, again, it's not to be like this, like, Oh, I want to be greedy and just have all the superstars. You just need somebody who can win some of those matchups a little more consistently because that person is going to feast, right? That's a person who's going to have – I mean, you look at a team like um, you know, like the Los Angeles Rams and all the weapons they have, right? Like, and the Chiefs have a lot of weapons, don't, don't get me wrong, but they have guys who are you know kind of third or fourth on their depth chart who can make those extra plays because the other guys are taking pressure off. And and that's what you want. And that's what the Chiefs had a little bit with Sammy Watkins and, and you know, when he was healthy, but – if you just find somebody who's consistently like average, you're going to make that player look above average because you, you have so many other offensive weapons that take pressure off of him. Hmm. And so it just, it feels like there's a lot to be. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. A, a lot of like right now you have above av- or below average players who are kind of playing up to an average level. And if you get an average guy in there, you know, you get more production just, you know, in sense of, um, you know, the attention that. Tyreek and Travis demand so and you you do I think it makes sense 
here's the thing. Since McCole has come in, and for you can chalk it up to whatever, the chemistry between him and Mahomes has not been the same as I mean, even his rookie year, I remember there were there were plays where, you know, Mahomes was telling him, and it just feels like that's never developed. And one of the things that's important for for Patrick at this point in his career, and again, looking at where Tyreek and Travis are, you've got to get some guys in here who are going to develop long-term chemistry with with Mahomes. Now, you know, we, we still have, I'd say, at least two years of prime Travis and, and Tyreek, but the NFL, I mean, you can't bank on any of those things, right? Injuries happen and, and life happens. And see Mitchell uh, Schwartz and Eric Fisher. Yeah. You really want to make sure you're, you're getting some guys in there that, that Mahomes can develop chemistry with. And that also, I mean, just from the business side of things, not that you want to lose Travis or Tyreek, but maybe especially Tyreek, like, He's going to want a really big contract, and he's getting a little older. I mean, he's hasn't like you know he's still Tyreek Hill. Like he deserves the money he's going to get paid. I'm not saying the Chiefs aren't going to pay him. I'm saying you don't want to be in a position where Tyreek can take you to the table because you don't have anything else, right? You don't have another weapon that you can that you can put out there, right? Because You're, McCall, he's McCall taking you to the right table now. regardless because he's a hall. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, like you. He's yeah. the most dangerous deep. Like Peter Schrager explained this in black and white with a crayon for everybody if they didn't catch it. But like he's gonna be able to walk up to the table and say, Hey y'all, pay me. You're not you're not getting one of those. E- there's not another, I don't know if there's another maybe but three guys in this league that you could bring in and say that he's then gonna compete with a contract for. Because and guess what? You ain't bringing any of them in because they're all on teams with contracts. Yeah, I think Tyreek, I think the Chiefs and Tyreek definitely find that that resolution pretty easily because not only just his, you know, everything that he does off on the field, but, you know, especially this year, his role has expanded to more than just that, you know, big deep threat, big play guy. Like he is just, he's being, being, he's showing that like even his play style can progress to where if he does, you know, lose his speed as he gets older, he can still be a, a really good, you know, receiver still. He's showing he's more of a complete receiver now. Um, so, I'm very fine with paying him whatever he wants because, like you said, Hall of Famer, in my opinion. And the Pringle thing, for, this is my last thing on the Pringle thing, for all the conversation about the snaps, how many catches he have? One. Okay. One. <laughs> Not Pringle's fault. I don't know. Well, he's on the, sna- he's on the field for 59% of the snaps, got one catch, and I think he only had one target. Well, he's a lot more on the field. But if you're on the field, field, you have to generate targets too. Because that's part of the other problem that's been in conversation about McCullough. He doesn't get open. He doesn't generate targets. There's a lot more. uh, Byron's not generating anything. One target, one catch. I think there's a lot more that he's doing. Same conversation. I think there's a lot more that he's doing on the field that uh, McCullough isn't doing when he's on the field. Uh, I think he took a lot of Demarcus' snaps, which is why you saw him out there more because he's blocking better and he runs routes better than D Rob does. I think. Every aspect of his game is better than Mikol's. Let's let's just uh, let's just put that out there to finalize that. But You'd I want to talk about the offense. He's not as fast, and he's not as quick, and out of breaks and cuts. Well, it doesn't matter if you're not. If it doesn't matter if you're fast, if you can't catch the ball. So this is the same conversation you're going to want to have. Are you? I mean, hold on, I have a question. Are you Team Daryl Williams as the starter? Because he's not, and he's not the best back in the backfield either. But I've been listening to that for a day and a half too. I mean, you're just bringing up random stuff now. We probably no, should. It's the same. It's a direct correlation. McCole to Byron. Undrafted guy versus undrafted guy, draft high draft pick versus high draft pick production. I think Mikol's shown a lot less than uh, than Clyde has. So 
Like I said, I'm not I'm not gonna go to the fence about it. I'm just I'm not gonna change my opinion on it either. I think Byron Pringle in every single aspect is more useful than Mikol Hardman on the field. So I'm happy Chiefs... that uh, Mikol isn't getting as many snaps, and I'm very excited to see his eventual departure after his rookie contract. But go on, Tom. I was saying I think the Chiefs are gonna. I mean, they've given him, and he's had plenty of opportunities. He'll continue to get opportunities throughout his rookie contract. Um, we can, I mean, and here's the thing: wide receiver is not an easy position to learn in the NFL. It is not an easy position when you didn't play a lot. And, and Kyle has brought this up a lot. Like, you know, he's not a super experienced player, and I and I get that. That's showing. When you drafted McCole Hardman, you drafted a kid that you saw a lot of potential in. You saw a kid who had an athletic profile that fit your offense, that was, you know, pedal to the floor, 100 miles an hour, can break anything open on anybody. And McCole Hardman does have that skill set, right? We've seen him on jet sweeps and screen passes and some other plays. Just like uh, a couple weeks ago, he caught that um, he caught that little drag route across Across the middle of the field, and he made what, like three or four guys miss just out of Same pure one acceleration. He on Sunday. Same yes. route. Yes. Now, that's where I think the frustration comes is you have a player who's in his third year who is just, he's making the same mistakes that he has made since he got into the league. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a fair criticism to say the development is not where the fans want it, it's not where the team wants it. And I think that's why you see a loss in the playtime because, yeah, I think some of it is a punishment, but also you do have guys who, and, and maybe it is, it's behind the scenes thing, you know, right? We don't know what, I mean, I don't have any reason to say that McCole Hardman isn't a hard worker, so I'm not going to put that out there, put that soundbite out there, but maybe there is something on a day-to-day basis that the, the Chiefs coaching staff just trusts other, trusts Byron Pringle, right? More to be, to be that guy. Um, you know, there's, there's other aspects to it. I think, um, I think Pringle offers a little bit more in terms of blocking, but yeah. And McColl's frame is just, he's not, I would like in all honesty to see McColl be used more almost exclusively in the slot as a guy who, um, you know, is your more of your gadget guy, your, your quick screens, your, your dump offs. But a lot of that stuff is designed for Tyreek. Tyreek motions into the slot a lot. So it's hard to like, you know, really, have two of those kind of same pieces in that offense. So we can, we can project all we want. We can talk about it. I think at the end of the day, it comes back to McColl's development. It's the same little mistakes that, you know, that he's made every year that he's been in the NFL and they're they're You're allowed to make mistakes, right? Travis Kelsey had, the, had the, the drop pass tip pass that got intercepted, right? Is anybody sitting here saying, Oh, we should start Blake Bell, right? Like, no, because Travis Kelsey, even when he was a younger player, right? I remember when he, when, in early in his career, he had a, like a three or four game stretch where he fumbled the ball, right? And it cost us some close games. And you don't, you know, eventually over time, players fix mistakes. The frustration is McColl hasn't fixed. He's making the same mistakes, right? Whether that's on punt return, whether that's on, as a receiver, you know, I, I think that there's some issues with his ability to track the ball downfield. I think sometimes he gets caught up in press. He gets tangled up too much. Just little things. And I, I don't know why those things haven't developed like they wanted them to. They have professional coaches and they're, you know, these athletes put a lot of time into their own development. We can we can speculate all you all you want, but at the end of the day, it just it comes down to you drafted a guy with, you know, you're you're swinging for the fences. This could be a home run guy. He could develop really nicely. He could be a elite. He had elite traits, right? His speed and acceleration, especially his acceleration, is elite, right? The reality is, is 
outside of Tyreek Hill, there may not be another player who can who can accelerate the same way McCole Hardman does. Um, his ability to go from zero to sixty is impressive, and we've seen that. Um, the problem is, it's all the other little things that you know that he needed to grow, and that he just hasn't grown in, or at least hasn't grown in as much as you would expect. So, I hope that it works out. I hope that we see that growth and that he can earn a second contract. But I'm, I think, um, ultimately, the Chiefs know that they're they need to look elsewhere and, and continue to look to add weapons to this offense in the offseason. Spoiler alert, it's a really good year for wide receivers and defensive ends in this upcoming draft. So it seems yeah. like that's been a trend for about three years now with the receivers in these drafts. Everybody everybody puts out receiving talent now. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Um you know if we had a track and field team, I would love Mikola to be on it, but just uh you have to do more than than run fast in the NFL. Um, but I want to talk about the offensive line because they had a pretty decent game against a uh, a wounded Cowboys front minus uh, Micah Parsons kind of had a, uh, had himself a day, which I think everyone kind of expected uh, him to get at least one or two. But uh, overall, the protection was pretty good on Mahomes from what I saw. Uh, the interior held up, held up pretty well. Andrew Wiley didn't get completely worked over too many times by Micah Parsons. Um, I don't know. It was they, a, they did something we've been asking this coaching staff to do for a while, which is notice that he can't handle somebody and help him because they yeah. did help him a bunch. They did. Yeah, now Micah got sure. both Orlando and him on one on a speed on an on that. Now he got Andrew a few times in a row, and Andy was like, "Okay, that's not gonna work. We're yeah. gonna have to chip. We're gonna have to help because it's okay. It, it's okay. He's the third tackle. He's not going like Micah Parsons is very good, plain and simple. It's ridiculous how how good he's been, and Andrew Wiley. That's not what he does best, especially speed rushers like that." Mm-hmm. Um, they had to help him, and that's fine. You you should help your third string tackle. That's part of what Dallas didn't do so hot, and why Dak got killed. They didn't help some of their guys that were backups or were starting their first times or whatnot, and they paid for it. Chris Jones. Now, Chris Jones also abused Zach Martin, so that's not really fair to the rookie that he was beating the crap out of too. But he got Zach Martin a couple times, so like. That's something we've been banging about for a year, for a while with this offensive coaching staff is please help the guys, you know, need help. And they did it. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. I saw more chips, more guys staying in the block. Like it was good. I will say <laughs> um, I'm so torn on Andrew Wiley just because I do like him as a guy. And like, I'm thankful that we have him because there's probably worse options out there, but man, if there weren't a couple times where I was like, ah, come on. Like you can't you can't be that upset about it because it is what it is, you know, and he's out there and he's willing to do it. But, you know, I, I'm I'm really hoping Lucas Nian gets back soon. I agree with that statement. I've always yeah. been more of a Andrew Wiley fan, uh, I think especially on this podcast. But yeah, I'm very, very looking forward to uh Lucas Niang returning. Or maybe Kyle Long. Maybe uh maybe he gets back soon potentially. I'm not sure. But yeah, It'll overall. be interesting going forward. The bye week's going to help that right tackle position, I think, a lot. Because yeah. as much as, like I said, Andrew Andrew Wiley is a fine utility lineman that you can deploy mm-hmm. in necessary spots and whatnot. Asking him to be your starting right tackle is not his thing. Yeah, definitely don't want to start him down the stretch. But between, you know, Niang and then Remmers will be coming off the IR after the bye week as well. And then... We uh, hope. I think so. What, I, what was he placed two weeks ago? So... 
I think. Yeah, but it's back. And yeah, I guess that's the yeah, conversation guess... about Schwartz last year in like week right. six. And then by the time yeah. we got to week 11, he was done for the year. So I, guess I believe it was uh, minimum. I don't remember if it was Seth Kaiser or if it was Nate, Nate Taylor, one of our friends over at the athletic, you, you know, you just said, you don't, you don't hear people saying they used to have back issues. They just have back issues. Yeah, um, that's true. Especially for, you know, when you're a 300 pound offensive lineman and your job is literally to manhandle other grown men who are 300 pounds. Um, back injuries are, are a tricky thing. Speaking of ground manhandling grown men, let's talk about Trey Smith for a minute. <sighs> and more importantly, let's talk about the garbage refs in that game. Jesus. Let's actually Trace, not. Let's let's not talk about let's not give them any more attention than they deserve because the truth is they did a terrible job. They were inconsistent and we had to put up with that bull crap through, and on both sides. If you're a Cowboys yeah. fan and somehow you've wandered down a hole, maybe you're Josh and you're listening to this podcast. Hi Josh, hope you're doing okay. Up, Josh? Um our friend Josh Wingate. Yeah, make sure you're following him on Twitter. Let me well, Josh underscore Wingate Josh I underscore think. Wingate. There you go. Give yeah, him a bye. shout out at the pod. Um, don't don't harass him too much. But uh, yeah, Josh. No, it's at Josh Wingate three hundred two. Yeah. No, um, underscore. My bad. Yes. So listen, they were terrible, and they were terrible both ways. And they were. It was the most inconsistently called game the Chiefs have had to deal with all year. And let me tell you, as somebody who's coached a little bit in my life. The most like I can deal with refs who are really picky. I can deal with refs who aren't going to throw flags. What I can't deal with is a ref who's going to throw a flag for one thing on one play and then not throw it on the next. And like in the Rashad, okay, we're getting into it. Screw it. <laughs> the Rashad Fenton play was a perfect example of you have a guy ripping another player's face mask off, right? ripping it off on the sidelines, and you're standing right there. There was a ref watching it happen. And then when that player gets upset and gestures at the other player, you throw the flag for taunting. And uh, showboated while throwing the flag, threw it 45 feet in the air and made sure everybody knew who yes. threw it. That, yes. ben, that Fenton flag was ridiculous. I mean, I the, was 100% the, flag on him was, on that. the flag on him afterwards with the, the little gun motion, I guess that's kind of warranted, whatever. But it, how it That doesn't just, happen if you handle yeah, it exactly. How is like How is it just obviously not called right from the start unnecessary rough assault? I mean, the dude literally just tackled him to the ground and then continued to hold on to his face mask. The whole, like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it, was, and it is, was an intentional gesture to rip at the face mask, you yeah. know, and, and to rip it up he, and tear it off. You, he helmets it don't come on that easily. No, I mean, it's just, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. We don't have to go any further into it because, I mean, yeah, so, they're just, the refs have been But I bad. brought up Trey Smith for that reason. Yeah. He absolutely destroys a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Legally, mind you, not yes. holding, not remotely holding. They call him for holding. While the guy has his hand inside Trey's helmet, which is a penalty in case anybody was curious. Um, Just a little bit. And then Trey, I don't, unless he insulted that man's grandparents or family or yeah, mother. Like how soft of a ref. Is you cannot throw a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct for telling you you suck when you suck. Sorry. Yeah. You yeah. can't do it. What? Yeah. How? Man, these refs just have like an EO problem or we, something. We had a. In the first half, we had a 15-yard penalty for pointing and a 15-yard penalty for talking. This is not your high school cafeteria or ballet class. This is the NFL. If pointing yeah. and talking are unsportsmanlike penalties, everybody is kicked out. Everybody. Shut the whole thing down. 
Like, what are you doing? I mean, for NFL, like NFL officiating should actually be embarrassed by that performance. And I'm, well, but they curious. won't be because yeah, they haven't exactly. been embarrassed by their I'm... performance for the last half decade, and they can progressively gotten worse and worse and worse. Well, yeah, because we saw like worse. what two weeks ago when that uh, that ref hip checked the Bears defensive end and then threw a flag and on him, and then they came out, yeah, it. and then they came out and said like, oh yeah, that was actually the right call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm very curious. Um, if they come out with some kind of uh, statement about it, but oh, I expect Clyde to get fined for pointing. Yeah, I mean, nah, I don't Which know. Which is he's the get stupidest fined. sentence I would ever thought I would ever Fenton, say on this podcast. I would say I legitimately expect them to find him because they will not get off this hill. I would the say Fenton is more likely to be fined, but I retweeted a a br a poll that said, "Are you okay with the taunting rule?" And it was like eighty-two <laughs> percent no, and eighteen percent yes. And my comment was. The only 18% that are on here that have voted for that are John Mara, Mike Tomlin, the burner accounts for both individuals, and Troy Aikman. That's it. Oh, Ooh, Troy Aikman. There's another bad performance we aren't going to talk about. We don't have time for that. But he Trey terrible, Smith but, yeah. getting those calls derailed the offense from getting, like, another 14 points. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it, went that to, it was, like, third and happen. 29 or something like that. Or yeah, maybe it was yeah. third and nineteen. Either way, I and mean, we even got like two a big chunk on the end of that drive, but like it didn't matter because we were so far back. And it's just like yeah. due to asinine behavior by officials, and they were just as horribly inconsistent as Tom mentioned on the other side. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, we saw Cowboys fans complaining on Twitter about it too, and it's like, hey, that's it's coming both ways, you know. These refs yeah. just suck. But it was it was rough. embarrassing that you have a multi bajillion dollar industry that has part time. Adam Thielen said this, by the way. I've been saying it for a long time, but Adam yeah. Thielen tweeted this out. You have a billion dollar, multiple billion dollar business, and you have part time officials. How and why? Yeah, it's been said by a lot of people. Like it's it's actually kind of ridiculous because obviously, like that's the problem. Like if uh, I don't understand how we can all see it as the public, but this NFL, which is a billion dollar corporation, just. I, it's just pride. And not on replay, guys. This is all live callouts. Like, yeah. And I guess, you know, on that Fenton play, I guess the booth did call down and say, like, oh, yeah, it was a face mask. But it was like. For Christ's sake, why did they have to? Yeah, it was like a yeah. minute later, too. It's like, oh, thanks, booth. Thanks for uh, thanks for helping clear that one up. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, on the broadcast, the rules analyst is like, well, technically, New York's not really supposed to be able to do that. Yeah, then that, what are they that was for? the best part. Yeah, Gene, I think it was Gene's territory. Literally, as they were calling, like, as they were saying the exact opposite of what he was saying, it's like, just, it's just embarrassing. It's an embarrassing look. It's so. bad, and it's got to get fixed, but they don't care, just like they aren't going to fix this taunting rule. And the most disgusting part is, Here's 15 yards for it, but every Twitter handle that we own is going to tweet out that yeah, picture exactly. of the play that as picture, the promo for the game. That tweet did get deleted. We're going to use it and we're going to promote it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? That tweet did. You get are the deleted. definition of hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, just we only had Harper on much more because it's pretty obvious that they just stink. But yeah, overall we were able to overcome it and uh, at least pulled out a decent looking W. I do want to talk about uh, the. Couple spe- there are a couple special teams moments that were pretty good out there, uh, but I think the decision to, to do that pooch kick at the end of the game, <laughs> first off, was that the first pooch kick in the Andy Reid Chiefs era? I, I want to say it was. Uh, it I, was can't, uh, I can't remember another time. It might it have been in 2013 or 2014, but yeah, that, that's gorgeous. something that you don't see from the Chiefs, and honestly, like the actual like play call and decision behind it, in my opinion, was extremely smart because they were. It was like a yeah. fifty-some yard field goal if they would have went for it, um, but Harrison Butker just 
beautiful little pooch pin. Perfect. I mean, the ball just checked up like right at the two, and then One. we got Nick Allegretti and uh, and Tommy Townsend just Absolutely running down there. To, it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, those are the two guys you expect there. to be covering that kick. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like just the what whole, whole operation. Duo. Was so smooth. And the guard. It was great. It was a great looking play, and like. If we just talk about the the actual kind of decision making behind it, it was I forget uh, what how much time was left, but it was like a, two or so minutes, I believe. Uh, right about that mark. Mm-hmm. I'm a little to, over two minutes, yeah. Try to find the play, but uh, we were up by thirteen. I thought it was ten. We might have been up by yeah, we were up by ten. But my thinking behind that is that. You know, if we go up by 13, all of a sudden the Cowboys, if they score two touchdowns, they win, you know? And so I've always kind of had that thinking in Madden, like, you know, if only being up 10, you know, they score seven and then they, they settle for the field goal, at least you have, you know, the opportunity to go to overtime. So in my, my thinking was I was actually very happy with them punting it there because being up 16, obviously it didn't end up mattering in the end because the Cowboys couldn't do anything, but being up 16 – does or up 13 i keep on saying 16 being up 13 it puts you at uh, at least a little bit of a disadvantage uh, at the end of the game if they have to happen to rally but yeah mm-hmm. and it wasn't like you said it was perfectly executed tobe i'm you, they practice this stuff that's yeah. one thing i people dave tobe gets credit for they work on this stuff all the time we've seen it two weeks in a row now tommy townsend throws a laser on a fake punt for <laughs> a completion in a first down last week Pooch kick by Harrison Butker off of a field goal look for a pin down at the inside the five yard line that basically helped rack sign seal and deliver that game. Like, yeah, that's the special teams makes a difference. And all three phases, not two phases, three phases. Um, mm-hmm. I've just been impressed. The offense not shooting itself in the foot would be good. But other that than that, good. it's it's this team looks full again and the some of the stuff like i said some of the shot themselves in the foot stuff is in part due to what we already discussed which i'm not yeah, really going to rehash incredibly fluky stuff really and poor officiating yeah that too mm-hmm. but overall it was just it was nice we kind of had that feeling back like throughout that whole game i i wasn't really worried you know like it seemed like the chiefs unless the cowboys just suddenly magically woke up which they had one drive where they almost did and then uh, I think that was the drive where it ended with Charveris Ward interception. Um, it was right but, after the fumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So there's like one point where it's like if the Cowboys get hot here, they might come back. But it's like really, it felt like we were pretty comfortable uh, that whole game. Obviously, the offense couldn't stop shooting itself in the foot, but the defense had a pretty good hold over the the Cowboys. So I was really not worried the entire game, which is the same way I felt uh, in the Raiders game, and which is not a way I felt a lot this season. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think we have we didn't really touch on it. We talked defense earlier, and this will be my last point before I got to get out of here. But um, the run defense of this team is drastically improved, yeah, by egregious amounts, which allows a pass rush that works really well when it gets obvious passing opportunities to eat when they're in second and long and third and long and obvious passing situations. Hard for an offense to do much with that because that gives Spags the ability to do basically whatever he wants, and oh, he yeah. did it. And I think the the big highlight of the night was Steve Spagnolo versus uh, Kellen Moore, which 
you know, Kellen Moore, young offensive play caller who has a lot of promise, I think. I the really wonder like, child! Yeah, I really like Kellen Moore, and I think he's got a lot of promise as a head coach and uh, yeah. or as an offensive coordinator. And there's a couple play calls that uh, were pretty creative. That one uh, Tony Pollard, like, fake uh, reverse to Dak, and then he took it up the middle. That was pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the, the veteran, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, got one over on the young buck, I think. So. 16 for 82 was the entire rushing line for Zeke and Tony Pollard, and 31 of that came on one rush in like the first half. Right, yeah, I think that might have been that that uh, Pollard. Pollard got a lot on that one yeah, play. Yeah, the fake sweep that he got yeah, out the exactly, back door where he faked the toss fake, and kept going. Yeah, the fake yeah, that's an insanely well-designed play. Yeah, they had, a, they, had a couple, they had a couple little good design. You know, they they're implementing some good screens and stuff like that. It's just... You know, but the veteran about that Tony Pollard is seven for 29 with which is like 3.1 yard or 4.1 yards to carry and Zeke was nine for 32 for 3.6 yeah. so the veteran mentality of the Chiefs definitely showed up in that one so uh, that'll be about it for this episode everybody thank you all so much for listening uh, we'll be back later this week uh, maybe with some special guests probably to uh, to help us lead into the bye week uh, we're gonna find some good content to talk about we're definitely gonna get some guests on next week for uh for the bye week to help fill that void of uh of no chiefs football um but yeah we may everyone... or may not be back this week with this being in the holidays and thanksgiving so right, if we're not holidays, you guys yeah. all enjoy your holiday thanksgiving and thank you guys for listening yep thank you all yeah. for listening be sure to follow us at kingdom says pod on twitter facebook and instagram and we will see you guys later message and data rates may apply Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details